0: All rise, Honourable Ian McAllister will be presiding.
1: You may be seated. Mr. Shantler, we're here today to discuss your heinous, heinous treatment of Netrunner cards as viewed on YouTube in the last couple of days. You personally put up a video of you uh, treating cards in ways, well, I'm, I'm not sure I can describe it for the jury quite frankly. They have seen the video, I can see some of them are, well... Sick to their very core with what they have seen. And I'd like you at first to uh, uh, give you some opportunity to explain your
2: actions. I was just trying to help. I heard a lot of people struggled with storing Netrunner, and I thought if I just showed them you can dump all of your cards into one box, completely loose, and then just shake it about, then that's a necessary part of the process.
0: Um, your Honor, I am representing uh, Mr. Chandler as his defense attorney, lawyer, man, thing, and I say that Mr. Chandler is simply exercising his free speech, and I will be citing uh, as precedent fn versus fn, uh, in the case uh, several years ago of satire laws. I see,
1: I see. A, a, an, an interesting precedent. But in this case, did Mr. Chandler not then go on to say that he would stir the cards with a greasy spoon? I, I have evidence here from Twitter that this
0: was indeed said. That was said, Your Honour, but again, I cite meh versus hmm, uh in satire uh, laws. Um, I will happily pass it over to my colleague in pros- prosecution if he would like to uh, make any any claims. Thank you very much, Jamie. Yes, I am representing the prosecution as well. Uh, I will be fair and unbiased, and I have to, this is a heinous crime as all good ccg and lcg collecting individuals saw that video and many of them feel personally attacked i cannot give any of their names because they wish to be anonymous and are entirely fictitious but they are hurt
1: i feel personally attacked personally attacked and i'm the judge (laughs) i feel personally attacked well i brought you onto the show mr chandler to to be an advocate for board gaming to to bring news to the masses and here you are Tossing cards around in a box like they're
0: I don't know. I'll do it again. Le- leaves on the floor. You can't do stop again. me. Your Honor, as as defense, I, I think Mr. Chandler's well entitled to be doing this. I'll shake the box once an hour unless my demands are met. I'd listen to him, Your Honor. I, I can't
2: I can't hold him
1: back. Well, I am short and polled, and my judgment is
0: More on that story later, but this is Brainwaves, episode 47, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of the 27th of April, 2020. Cool mini or not in denial, Kickstarter feels the pinch, and a game store owner locked up for breaking lockdown. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves.
1: So last time on Brainwaves, we reported on Cool Mini or Not's financial woes or potential financial woes with having their trading suspended. Cool Mini or Not have since responded on the 11th of April to the to the ongoing situation. They released a statement in reply to the audit statement. In it, Cool Mini or Not say that everything is business as usual. That the going concern noted by the audit is merely a technical term, and it happens in their business plan from time to time, and that. S- simon is and will continue to be in business now they do currently have a big kickstarter out called ank which is the sort of third part of eric lang's trilogy blood rage rising sun and now this and uh, we have noted that the enthusiasm for ank seems to be a little muted
0: Compared to the other Simon campaigns, it, the current take is lower than Rising Sun. Yeah, but I'd like to say, Ian, that's probably, mm, it might have something to do with the global pandemic that's currently around the world. I, I mean, there is that as well, but,
1: uh, I mean, Frosthaven is still doing how much money now? Like um, 7 million? At last
0: count, it had just hit uh, over $8 million with yeah, like so... 10 days left.
1: I mean, yeah, obviously people are going to be more cautious with their cash around now, but there's some possibility that it is affecting it. Uh, looking at KickTrack at this point, which is a sort of um, algorithm, has a sort of rough predictive algorithm of where campaigns are going to end up. At this point in Rising Sun's campaign, it had crossed the 2.2 million mark, and Ankh is currently sitting at about a million dollars. Ankh has both fewer backers and a lower average total at $99 compared to Rising Sun's $135 per pledge. So... Don't know where, I mean it's obviously not in trouble, it's gonna get made, they've hit quite a lot of money, but not the usual cash cow that Simon usually see from
2: their projects. Any further thoughts to folks? It's significantly more than Blood Rage already, but what's interesting is how much Simon have put into this. I suspect that they were expecting it to be a repeat or an increase on Rising Sun, whereas it's been a a real drastic decrease.
1: It certainly was getting pitched as that sort of rising sun successor, wasn't it?
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: But but you you also want to look at, yes, it's a cool mini or not game. Yes, it is a game by Eric Lang. It, yes, it's part of this Mythic trilogy. But also, this is a game now released You know, several years after we've seen a lot of these big Kickstarter successes. You know, After those games have come out, after Gloomhaven has come out. So, you know, these trends that were very big, we're now maybe seeing in some ways... I was about to see a slight tailing off, but then, you know, we did say how much Frosthaven has just made and still to make. I mean, whew.
1: Talking about Kickstarter, Jamie, I believe you've got some news from the world of that company.
0: That company being Kickstarter. Now, Kickstarter has unfortunately planned layoffs after new projects on the site uh, have dropped by 35%. Now, in an internal memo circulated at the time of recording, the beginning of the week of the 20th of April... Kickstarter announced it's going to lay off employees. Now, the CEO, Aziz Hassan, writes, the crowdfunding company has already seen a significant drop in crowdfunding products being listed on the site, which obviously is how Kickstarter makes its money. Uh, it takes about 10%, I believe, from each successful project. Now, projects are down by about 35%, the memo says, with no clear sign of rebound. Now, Kickstarter's recent union officially recognised after a timely and narrow vote by the employees in february has announced on twitter they will be entering negotiations with the company now we're seeing all over the world stock markets taking a dip recently the price of oil has hit negative figures for the first time in history uh, yeah, i think yeah that's astonishing yes this is yes this is an, uh, having a huge knock on effect now who knows what's going to happen in a couple of months time maybe you know the there is precedent for markets having quite an uptick after, you know, a certain amount of time uh, in in the events of, like, major pandemics or major catastrophes. Whether or not that's going to happen and when it's going to happen remains to be seen. But we will keep uh, keep you updated on this because uh, we at Brainwaves and the Giant Brain, you know, we we went about for Kickstarter employees when they were talking about the union. I mean, I'll be honest, I think a lot of people were. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the the employees are very important.
1: I, I do think it's interesting, the, the statement, no clear sign of rebound, because it's not, I mean, we're only a few weeks into this and it's going to go on for a while yet. So I'd be really interested to see the numbers they are seeing. And and also, like, the cash on hand at Kickstarter, I thought they probably had, is it maybe a lot less than I thought it was. Because they make, They've been, you know, Kickstarter has been the preeminent crowdfunding platform for the last decade. If it's even that old. I don't honestly remember. Uh, But you know what I mean. Like Since crowdfunding has been a thing, Kickstarter has been the platform. There's been others about, but Kickstarter is the big boy. And you would think they would have a fairly significant on-hand cash flow, but maybe not, or maybe that'll come out in the negotiations. Who Who knows? We do hope that all the employees land on their feet and that the company finds a way to keep them on i know the american sort of support scheme has su- suffered some problems but we're not a financial podcast so we'll not get into that but ian uh, talking about weird things going on in the states a florida game store owner has been under arrest for trying to deliver games
2: so yes this is the news that a florida game store owner called galen wood has been arrested for violating state and local say safe, safe at home orders according to pinellas county sheriff's office the game store owner was has called the arrest a show of hubris by the cops and the sheriff in an interview with the Tampa Bay Times and what an incredible phrase that is. That is wonderful. <laughs> it really is. However, police say he was warned by deputies on three separate occasions and was told that delivery would have been okay. It was the curbside pickups that got Wood into trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can understand Like game store owners all over the world must be really worried right now because they're not an essential service, much as the board game... Community, including ourselves, think they are. I, 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 I got a collection from um, Backline Games in Edinburgh today, and they're they're basically just operating a mail order service at the moment. Yeah, there are lots of ways to support your local game stores. Just do stay safe, folks, if you're going to. We'll be actually talking a little bit later in the cast about ways you can help them out. A couple of companies have started to put together kickbacks to stores when you order on their sites and that kind of thing. There's lots of ways to help them out, but so do check out your local game store if you can. Try not to buy from people like Amazon during this period if you can possibly avoid it. And uh, help out your local
2: stores. And with news of struggling individual game stores and pushing, um, Ian, would you like to chat about Games Workshop? Yes,
1: indeed. So, Games Workshop has announced that they are contemplating opening stores around the world. Andy Smiley, global head of Warhammer Community Team, that's a bit of um, nominative determinism there if you ever heard one. I announced a pilot scheme today in, in, that in line with local advice and government guidelines, some locations will reopen this week. G, DWA notes these stores will be offering a reduced service and may have extra signage highlighting health and safety measures. So that will be the social distancing that we've all gone used to. At time of writing, there are no UK or US stores open. They say on their statement, reopening stores then is about helping you get your hobby essentials.
0: Please be sensible when deciding whether or not you should make the trip or whether that 10th Imperial night can wait. Now, it is worth restating that's still going to be in line with local advice and government guidelines.
1: Yeah, which at the moment in the UK means they're not going to be opening because they're not defined as an essential store uh the bike shop I work for is still open and we are insanely busy, but we've had to put in all sorts of measures to make sure the staff and customers are safe. And I, I can only see this as applying to maybe the US at the moment, where there's, where there's a sort of state-by-state state decision about whether things should open up again.
2: There was speculation on Twitter that this would be applied in Germany, who seem to be lessening things a little. Course,
1: yeah, Germany's starting to lessen things off, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess they're going to get try and get back to business as soon as they can, but yeah, we do urge you to still be cautious. I mean, things are going to start opening back up here and there, and there's still some talk about like some events going on going on this year. But
0: again, a lot a lot of this is still speculation because we have all have no idea what's going on. So I think as much as we we do occasionally uh, like to do it, indulging in speculation is a yeah. fruitless endeavor, especially right now as. At least in the UK, you know we're kind of we're kind of living it and taking it in three week bursts.
1: Yeah, very much so. Uh, anyway, Jamie, something you can do from the comfort of your own TV is uh, go to the loop.
0: Yes, we have news from the world of tales from the loop. Now, this is a role playing game and series from artist Simon Stalenhag. That's my. Best try. Uh, I'll yeah. try well, that.
1: It's, it's, it's based on his art. Uh, yes, it is. The role-playing game is by Fia Lagan, or, or, or the the Free League.
0: The Free League, yeah. And it is, his art is an alternate Scandinavian the 80s and 90s, which mm. is kind of Scandinavian stranger things, I guess, is the shorthand for describing it. Now, in Tales from a Loop, it was, you know, you're playing a group of pre-teens who are going around, you know, solving mysteries and problems with some strange kind of futury tech. Uh, There was a slightly older one for older kids called Things from the Flood. Uh, And now there is going to be a board game. Of course, it's a board game podcast. And there's going to be uh, an Amazon Prime series I believe is actually out now, which I admit to having not watched.
1: I have. I have seen the first couple of episodes. It's a kind of odd, slight... It's really pretty to watch. I'm not sure it's good yet. I haven't watched enough of it to figure that out. But it's, it's, it's an anthology show. Ring an endorsement, everybody. They've shifted the action to America. It's still based around The, the Loop, which is a sort of mysterious underground scientific research lab thing that the entire town is sort of like oh, everyone in the town sort of works for. And there's weird goings on. It's all about kids getting into weird situations and, and with the weird tech and things that are. Lying around, lying around the loop. It's the first couple being pretty good, but I need to watch more of it to really properly cast judgment. It's oh. very, very pretty though. It's really beautiful to watch.
0: Well, there is going to be a, as I said, there's going to be a board game. Uh, local is going to be uh, local kids. This is in the uh, Swedish original setting. Uh, one to five players. Uh, you know, you're going to have days starting at school, and then you've got to. Then you can go exploring, but you also need to do dinner and homework. And there's going to be four scenarios in the base game. Uh, which will, each one will take approximately between 90 and 150 minutes. So that remains to be seen what uh, those scenarios will be. There is, we're seeing, you know, images of cardboard standees and miniatures for the game. Cardboard standees for the players and miniatures for the weird things that are showing up. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm sad to say I haven't really played Tales from the Loop or Things from the Flood. I haven't watched the series. I have been interested though. I think some of my friends have started running a game of Tales from the Loop so I might join in and see what are we I think it's going to be set in Scotland so I think a wee Scottish boy might do with Things Get Weird. But if if you have played it or if the idea interests you, um, I'd de- definitely check it out. It's at time of recording. It's currently sitting at £165,000 and it has smashed its, its funding goal. And there's 15 days left at the time of recording so there's going to be about uh, about seven or eight days left when the time's good so if you're interested hit it up now ian i believe you've got some news from portal games and pegasus spiel yes indeed jamie this
2: is the news that ian was alluding to earlier that pegasus spiel and portal games have kickback programs so direct sales from pegasus site will have 25 percent of the sales sent to a german game shop of the purchaser's choice Similarly, Portal Games have a kickback for stores in the States. Customers can get 10% off a purchase on the US Portal Games site, and the store that they choose will get 40% of the purchase. This is an incredible support for friendly local gaming stores. It's flat out just these companies giving their money away, which is incredible to see. I guess they're just acknowledging the
1: importance of local game stores and that they need the support in these incredibly difficult times, and that they hope they'll stay open once once we're out on the other side of this and they can help support the companies in return that this sort of stuff will be remembered the, the companies that stood by small game store owners and the companies that didn't this stuff will be remembered on the other side of
2: it or at least you'd hope it would great to see yeah bro. fantastic so over to Jamie with some news about Czech Games Edition mm.
0: Check Games Edition, most famously known, possibly, for Codenames. I mean, there's a lot of other games they're famous for, uh, but there's the first one that springs to mind. And probably, yeah, the one... I mean, Codenames has been translated into 41 languages around the world. And uh, Check Games Edition has started up a, a blog. And you may be wondering, why now? And in uh, in a post to the blog, uh, Peter Murmak... I'm going to, again, that's my, my run at it. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, the CEO of CGE, Check Games Edition, he said, uh, why, why are we writing a blog now? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, there's a global pandemic going on. And it might occasionally feel like, you know, if you're stuck at home, uh, like I am, uh, it might seem that, you know, you're only getting a very small window, a very small slice of what's going on in the world. But Czech Games Edition has decided to start collating stories uh, and you know little snippets of life going on uh, from their distribution partners uh, from all over the world. So you know, there's information on uh, the company Slack, and it is uh, looking like you know, they're going to start putting up a series of these posts and you anyway, know, it's nice to to kind of get a global perspective of this, to go, this is how it is in the UK, but maybe this is how, you know, this is how these distributors are seeing life in South Korea or how they're seeing life in Germany or how they're seeing it in, say, South Africa. So it's a, I really, ni- I think it's quite a nice uh, well, idea. S- of slices sense. of
1: life from around the world. Yeah, it's, the and, world. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's, I think it's a really nice idea and it hopefully makes everyone feel a little bit more globally connected and kind of going, you know, you're not, intellectually you know that we're not dealing with this on our own yeah but at the same time it can feel that way
2: ah of course
1: those meeples were indeed delicious hello everyone and welcome to gaming at home with ian i hope you're all well and this week Jamie, Ian and I are going to be talking about Roll20, the online tabletop RPG, uh, virtual tabletop that you can use to play games like Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder and a variety of other games. Have you had a chance to try out Roll20, Jamie and Ian?
0: I have not actually. How about you, Jamie? I have, I played a Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition campaign several years ago with it. I think I can't remember how long it ran. The Sorry. I can't remember how long we ran the campaign for, but uh, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was nice functionality, uh, generally, in connecting us and playing the game. Um, It was fine.
1: I mean, I've used it quite a lot to play a variety of games. Uh, I've run quite a bit of... Uh, I've run blades over it. I've run uh, uh, more intense things like Dungeons and Dragons as well. And I've played in a few games. I'm play, currently playing in a game of a which is the new john harper greek uh, heroes game on on that particular platform with guys from the smart party and a bunch of other people and that's been really really good so roll 20 is a it's a virtual tabletop as we said and one of the things it can do quite well uh, for D and that kind of thing is you can basically set up maps and do sort of like all the sort of tactical gameplay that you might want in a DD fifth edition game and what you can also get is if you subscribe, to, you can subscribe to it for free. You can just log in for free and play games totally gratis. But if you pay a little bit of money, you can get access to a bunch of different features, including dynamic lighting and all sorts of images and that sort of thing. You can use to spruce up your virtual tabletops, make them look really cool. And I saw someone saying the other day that the program also accepts GIFs. So you can have whirling pools of miasma and all sorts in your in your dungeon, um, which look really cool. You had a, had a set with some various bits and pieces. What you'll also find in Roll20 is that some of the co- community have done some automated character sheets. Now, rolling dice in Roll20 can be a little complicated, especially if you're rolling a lot of dice at once. It can involve a little bit of a learning curve, learning how to tell the system to roll particular dice and keep certain dice and that kind of thing. Certain members of the community with motivation have put together their own character sheets for various role-playing games. Uh, Wizards have their own D&D sheets you can use on Roll20. And it just makes everything a little bit easier. You can sort of click on different parts of your character to do the rolls for that part of them. So there's a a really good um, Blades, uh, Scum and Villainy, and a great Aegon sheet as well, done by uh, a group of people who helped John Harper out with his projects. They're
0: really cool. They come up with sort of little animations and everything as well. Yeah, really, really good. I like to say something about Roll Twenty, which is it's fine. The dice rolling, you know, is nice, uh, but don't use the voice chat or the video chat because they're kind of rubbish.
1: Yeah, the the inbuilt voice and video chat are patchy at best. Uh, we do recommend that you do not use them uh, in if you're especially if you're streaming or anything like that. If you want real like a decent fidelity, we'd recommend you use something like hangouts or discord or skype so some kind of other chat program just so you can communicate better Uh, we've i've always found the video within it kind of patchy and the voice kind of drops out in and out quite a lot maybe they solve some of those problems because i haven't tried using it for a few years but yeah it's always been not that great unfortunately it does have a bit of a learning curve much like tabletop simulator that we start talked about last week but i think it is worth it and again it is better than not not role-playing with your friends uh, we should get you on on it at some point, Ian, and uh, try a game or two. Absolutely. I, I do want to run some Aegon Ag- at some point, run a
2: couple of islands yes. of Aegon. And some Blades in the I'd Dark. I'd love to
0: try that. Yes. Oh, yes, I've wanted to play Blades in the Dark for a long time. So
2: from what I understand, it runs through a web browser. Yeah, that's right. So uh,
1: Roll20, it's not a program you need to download or anything. You can just go to roll20.net, sign yourself up there. You can go and search for games, that kind of thing. I've never gone to... I've never used the search function to go and like just look for games and sign up for games that way, but you can do that if you want to.
0: That's Roll20.net, folks. Roll20.net. Indeed, as Jamie says. Sorry, dot .net.
1: Jamie is paid by the mention uh, for Roll20.net. I think it's 10p a mention, something like that. Huh, I'd <laughs> be so lucky. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, so you can sign up. You can basically use the community features there to go and look for games. I've always just used it to play with people I know already, but so I don't can't really speak to how good those, those parts of it are. But I believe that people use it quite a lot for for that kind of thing. It is designed around the like I say it's designed around around the chunkier games like D and D and Pathfinder and that kind of thing. It's it it's got a grid system and all sorts. But I've used it for I've used it really well for Blades. So people who have done a lot of a lot of additional mods and that kind of thing for the Blades in the Dark system that you can reuse to do all your clocks and that kind of thing within it. And there's a great modding community around it, so you can always find bits and pieces.
0: For your particular game in there, it's, it's a really good thing. I really like it. So if you uh, if you'd like to play some role playing games, and it is really kind of only for, it is only for role playing games. Uh, yeah. Roll twenty um, if you're looking for board games, as we've talked about before. Tabletop Simulator for all its faults uh, is there. You can also run some role playing games, as you can run role yeah. playing games with it. One of my
1: friends has got a mod for their homebrew that their, their their homebrew tabletop role playing game in Tabletop Simulator, and yeah, that works pretty well. But it's it is quite card based, so it works for TTS. Next time on Staying at Home at Ian, I'll teach you how to make dice stew. Twilight Broth will be available on Saturday, should you wish to check the recipe on YouTube.
0: Ooh, Twilight Broth, I can't wait.
1: Complicated and delicious. Yes.
0: Jamie, you got the Monopoly news, right? Oh, indeed I do. And the news this week is... There is no monopoly news. I'm sorry, I couldn't find any. Um, it's, it's it's been it's pr- been pretty thin recently. Um, you know, coronavirus Sterling work is... there as always, Jamie. Yeah, you know, I'm doing, doing my best I can. Yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, no,
1: always blown away by your work ethic and attention to detail. This is an actual sign of the apocalypse.
0: Wow, you know, I'm I'm glad I come on this podcast every fortnight with my supportive friends who are, you know, <laughs> esteemed, help, help, help me esteemed, yeah, let's say that, help me through this difficult time. Anyway, moving on. On to Trivial Pursuit news, and we have Trivial Pursuit... Uh, excuse me, I, I, I didn't approve this. Moving on to Trivial Pursuit news, and we have coming very soon Trivial Pursuit Horror Ultimate Edition. Now, there was a horror movie edition of Trivial Pursuit released by The O.P., also known as USAopoly, uh, back in 2018. 600 questions was released then. And now we have Ultimate Edition with 1,800 questions. Six reference heavy categories sure to elevate your heart rate, gore and disturbing, psychological, killer, monster, comedy, and paranormal. The six uh, pieces that you'll be taking around the board will have things like a brain with a meat cleaver in it, a creepy baby doll, a goat skull, a straight jacket, because, you know, that's fun. A zombie's hand being raised out of the ground, and what looks like some kind of strange box. It's a <laughs> table saw.
1: <laughs> Live on this week's Brainways podcast, men try to
0: identify objects from pictures. Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah, It's a bandsaw. <laughs> it's ah, it's a band source ah, it's a band source. If you like horror films, uh, this might be something to have a look at. Again, it's another branded game, but uh, and the, always the issue with a lot of these you know, games, with a lot of these questions, like a lot of Pursuits or Scroll. I mean, a game I love, but eventually you're going to start running into ones like, oh, I remember this one. Even with 1,800 questions, you will run into ones that you've done before.
1: I've, I've been playing a bit of Drawful. Uh, Cannot be on the Jackbox Two games. Oh, that's really good fun. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do, we'll have to do that sometime. It's good. It's great. Uh, yes, Maybe it'll We'll be... talk about. We'll, we could talk about those in the cast
0: sometime we'll do, actually, because yeah, they're definitely we'll... board game adjacent. Yes, we'll talk about it later. Trivial Pursuit Horror Ultimate Edition uh, is going to play two to six players, uh, ages seventeen and up, because you know there's some gory stuff going to be in there, and is probably going to be released sometime around uh, the autumn in America, uh, for forty nine ninety nine of your American dollars. We'll see if it comes over to Britain. <laughs>
1: anyway, moving swiftly on, we'd like to give a big thank, shout-out to our executive producers, the Lucky Sparrow Gaming Cafe. We were chatting to the folks from there just recently, and they are well. The cafe is safe for now. They have some government support, which is great to hear. Do give them a follow on Twitter and Facebook. I'm sure they will tell you of any other ways so you can help them out during these difficult times. And we'd also like to give a little shout out to No Pun Included, who have just started a Patreon as well. Uh, they are doing extremely well. They've got an ambitious early target to to hit to keep the sort of No Pun Included brand going, because basically they, they get all their money through uh, consumer support. So it was originally through Kickstarter campaigns, and they have now switched over to Patreon for that. And yet we wish them all the best for that. They produce fantastic content that we all enjoy, and in order to keep themselves sort of free of any kind of influence they need our help and support so yeah do go and check that out and toss them a few bucks if you
0: can and they're lovely
1: and they're lovely yes they're very they're very nice people and their content is tip, tip top I think they're producing some of the best video content out there right now personally
2: Ooh. it's great I did ask Efka how much it would take to turn no pun included into a show entirely about his dog Bessie and he said nothing free
0: absolutely nothing that's awesome. going to happen awesome so just videos, videos about their cute dog. That's the good news. You could get, you could get that rid of like news. all the rest of the news we've just had in this podcast, and just led with that, and that would have been. Ha- I would have been happy. I am happy. <laughs> I'm feeling very happy. <laughs> That's the entire ne- next week on Dog Waves. Pictures of my dogs. Just because you have two dogs, Ian. I mean, I mean, what more do you want,
1: really? Dog pictures. Cats. What? John, do, do the thanks very much for listening. <laughs> I've
0: got a bit strange. I think it should stop now. <laughs> Right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. If you like what you've listened to, then the best way to help us out is to share the podcast around and drop us a review and a rating on iTunes. Now, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at TheGiantBrain. Our Instagram is GiantBrainUK. Our Facebook is the Giant Brain. Our website is GiantBrain.co.uk. If you have any queries questions comments any of that send us an email at giantbrainuk at gmail.com and we also have a twitch channel uh where we've been streaming some games now ian and i had a game of cosmic frog with the developer jim and his friend wesley and i had a lot of fun with that uh ian yep. ian's doing arkham horror and i believe it's layer of the clockwork god you're also doing
1: Yep, yeah, so later the clock, clockwork 3pm on Wednesdays, I'm playing Arkham Horror, I'm going to be doing, going into the last part of Circle and Done. that'll be on our Twitch channel by the time this podcast goes live and then we'll be doing some more bits and pieces, I'm reaching out to a few other publishers uh, to get some streaming of their prototype games or upcoming games and we'll announce that stuff as and
2: when If viewers are especially lucky, they can tune in to watch me throwing Netrunner cards into a box with Wanton Abandon Throwing the Netrunner cards across the room and shaking the box up.
0: It's a sight worth seeing, i got to say. It's the content everyone wants to see live on Twitch. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> I will fight this case. Also, I will prosecute him to the, the fullest extent of the board gaming law. I will also defend you, And don't worry. I think we're stuck in a time loop again. Possibly. Right, let's leave this now so we can so- hopefully let the timeline sort itself out.
1: Is this the top of the cast? I've forgotten.
0: All rise...